The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you very much once again for being with me here on Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network serving all of Central and North Central Florida. I have with me on this Good Friday a good friend. Oh, I'm so grateful that the Lord added this man to our lives. Andy Sorrells, pastor of Church Together. And it is great to have you with us. It's great to be here, Mike. I I, I see you did a little bit of... Uh... Uh, rhyming with Good Friday and Good Friend. I I hope that I am uh, a good friend on the front end rather than being a Good Friday, which wasn't good until later on. I want to be good now. (laughs) Well, you are. Rest assured, you are. And uh, I didn't even realize I had rhymed. Okay, there you go. Well, you're just a natural-born poet. I'm a poet and didn't know it. That's it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's great to have you here. And first of all, before we talk about the obvious uh, subject matter of this day, Mm. let's get caught up with you. How are you doing? Mike, life is good because God is good to lean into that word good yeah. <laughs> once again. And as we're talking about Good Friday, uh, life isn't always good initially, right? Sometimes life is tough and difficult and challenging. Uh, but as we walk with God, those things become good mm-hmm. as he works his purpose out. So things are good. There's some immediate and obvious good stuff in my life. And of course, as with all of us, there's some challenging difficulties that one day we will look back and say, that was good because mm-hmm. of what God did uh, in and through those circumstances. But yeah, I'm I'm more blessed than I, I deserve for sure, Mike. Now we've talked about many things over the last couple of years. Really, since we started doing this program together, you were with me the first time. Uh, back in 19, we hadn't even moved into these studios yet. And uh, you were up here at our uh, studio location, although we were in a temporary office at that point in time. We were and, back in the conference room. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. That's when we did it. That, there are, that just uh, even dates it even more <laughs> because later I started doing it in an office that I had there for a while, but the, and I, I probably gave you the tour, the nickel tour of this uh, facility while it was being kind of uh, constructed. Absolutely. And it feels, it feels like we are where we should be, which is in a professional studio where you have the equipment to make us sound better than we really are. So I'm grateful for all those, those oh upgrades. Gosh. And I'm grateful, Mike, that you keep having me back. I think this, you know, several times on the show, and I'm sure you're thinking, maybe this is the time when he gets it right. No, 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 no. <laughs> that could not be farther from the truth or further from the truth to be more grammatically correct. That could not be further from the truth. Andy, it's really great to have you here. Now, I think the last time we talked was over a Zoom call and I believe that might have been the last time we uh, we actually recorded anything together. And that was not here for uh, this program, but it was on your podcast. That's right. Yes. And yeah. I rem- 
run a podcast every week. It's not a faith-based podcast, but it's a podcast designed to help connect our community, the city where we both worship, Castleberry. Yes, Castleberry. And one of the things we love about Castleberry is it's got so many great things going on. It's got this real sense of community. But not everybody knows about all the great things going on. So my friend and pastor Drew Taylor put together a podcast. We're over 120-ish episodes now called What's Up Castleberry. And the name kind of works on two levels. One, what's happening in Castleberry, what's happening in our community. But secondly, just a gentle point up as well to the heavens to say, What's up, Castleberry? And we had you as a guest. We were honored to do so. Drew and I bell both felt like the amateurs that we were oh, having the pro on the set <laughs> and on the, the Oh the my stage. goodness, you're very kind. So thank you for that. That was a that was a fun conversation. It was a blast. Uh, you know, it's great. They they often talk about getting on the other side of the camera or getting on the other side of the mic. Even though I was on a mic, it was different and I wasn't the one asking questions. I wasn't controlling anything. And I know you guys had done a pretty good job, and I think you stayed close to this, pretty close. But you just never know when you're doing something live, whether you're <laughs> going to be really ready for it. Or, and in a real sense, even though this is pre-recorded, uh, we pretty much present this program as if it were live. And so... You know, that that basically means that if we say something really crazy, we can stop and and uh, correct and then move on. But most of the time, that's not the case. So, Mike, which do you prefer? Do you prefer being on the asking the question side of the table or the answering the question side of the table? Well, it's really hard for me to say because and I've I only realize done... asking that question, I've put you on the other side yeah, of the table. That's exactly what you just did. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm very comfortable in either, uh, although I'm more accustomed to doing what I do here. Uh, and there is that, that ingrained kind of, thinking ahead. And in fact, I think you and I talked about that on the podcast that day was this whole thing of staying top of mind. Mm. It's so easy, is it not? It's so easy when you're talking, even in a church service, and you see somebody, and while you're talking with them, they tell you their name. And, you know, 10 seconds later, you forget their name. It happens to me increasingly. I don't know if it's an age thing. Um, I don't think it's an you know, age thing. <laughs> some some pastors kind of have the ability to remember names. I, I really, really try. Uh, I do remember faces pretty well, and mm -hmm. I can put faces, I can put stories with faces, but sometimes it's just the name that's missing. You know, all of that to say that's what that's what happens when you're on the radio. You have to stay top of mind. Yes. And I'm I'm learning that. And I, I tell you what, I don't know what it is about meeting people where it's more difficult to employ that and really execute that correctly. Uh, but when someone tells you their name, that's a time to be top of mind. That's a time to really be listening mm. and think about it. And maybe you have to do some of the old tricks of association, the way that yeah. some memory people tell you to do and try to associate that name with another scenario in your life so that you remember it. Yeah. But uh, that's... All of that to say, that's part of what I do every day is that I have to stay top of mind when I'm talking mm. to people because I can, I think any of us can get very distracted yeah. in life. I love that thought and that phrase, top of mind. You know, I, I 
top of mind. I, I think sometimes when I'm interacting with people, I'm so focused on what are they going to say or how am I going to respond or what do I need to hear that I just kind of breeze past some of the pleasantries, which includes the mm-hmm. very, very important naming of, mm-hmm. of each other. That's that's interesting. That's my challenge yeah. today to stay top of mind uh, in this conversation. And then the other thing about it, it keeps you from having that awkward moment that you just, it, you could call it a Southwest moment when you realize that they've just asked you a question and you don't have a clue what they just said. I mean, that is a terrible, cause you were daydreaming. I was daydreaming and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, what did he just say? What did she just say? I don't know. And then you have to embarrass yourself saying, I'm sorry, can you repeat that question? You know, at, so, sorry, Mike, what, what was what that? What was, was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just drifting. I was on the bottom of the mind moment right there. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You were in the bottom of mind moment. That's it. Oh, it's always great to have Andy Searles up here. Thank you guys for tuning us in today here on afternoons with Mike. Uh, real quick, the church post COVID, you know, I, I'm more and more comfortable saying that, mm. uh, although I know that if it were up to Dr. Fauci, it still would not be mm-hmm. able to be said. But most places are opening up. Most people are becoming more comfortable, although I still see a lot of masks around. How are you guys doing? Uh, we, we're doing okay. I would join you in saying that we're pretty much post-COVID, uh, although you know, I'd really been celebrating that for a few weeks. Then someone in our church uh, contacted me five o'clock yesterday morning, said, I got COVID. I can't come and help out. And I'm like, oh, oh no, I goodness. was hoping that we were past that. But, yeah. you know, you, you you never know. But I'm I'm confident that we're moving forward. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things that are taking our attention, uh, certainly in the media, things that are very worthy of our attention and our prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that COVID isn't, but... Um, I'm hoping we're moving forward post-COVID, and as we do, I think there's benefit for all of us. And I and I think one of the things we're realizing now is we can look over the rear, you know, look over our shoulder a little bit and say, "Wow, that was that was crazy. That was that was tough." I think we're all going to say that. I don't yeah. think anybody's going to look at 2020 in the memory and say <laughs> it was a normal year. That's right. No, it wasn't. It was That's right. It was nuts. It was crazy, and I I pray that uh, we never have to go through anything quite like that again. Mm. Well, Andy, here we are. We're on Good Friday as this program is going out. And Good Friday, you you alluded to this, it was the uh, the dark side of what was going to end up being a better time. I love that whole, it may be Friday as the, as the right. Anthony Campolo, I think it was That's right. that said that, but, but Sundays are coming, but Sunday's on the way. Sundays yeah. are coming. Yeah, that's exactly right. But good Friday, let's take a moment before we get to the good news of Sunday, the good news of Easter and talk about this day. Mm-hmm. When you think of good Friday and even Monday, Thursday, which we've just come through, mm-hmm. what do you think of? What are the first thoughts that come to your mind? I think for me, Friday is an important day to embrace. You know, for so long in our Christian world, it's so easy for us to focus on the Sunday. But I don't know if we can fully appreciate the joy of Sunday unless we embrace the pain of Friday. That's well said. And 
part of my own spiritual discipline this year, and maybe the last couple of years, is to be more intentional about sitting in the Friday. I mean, just from a very practical point of view, we have church on Sunday and then the next Sunday, and sometimes we have Good Friday services, but they're never well attended as Sunday services. And so we kind of skip from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. But there's a whole lot of crucial, crucial stuff that makes sense of the resurrection that we have to walk through, we have to endure if we fully want to celebrate all that Jesus has done and won for us. You're exactly right, because you cannot appreciate, there's that old saying that you really can't appreciate the light of dawn until you really grasp the fact that it's midnight, it's dark. Mm. And if you can compare those two things, then you appreciate greater in a more great way just how bright it is when that morning light comes and breaks through and quickly the darkness leaves. That's the beautiful thing about light. You don't see a fight. When you turn on a light in a dark room, there's not like a momentary battle between light and darkness. That never happens. The light is there and instantly darkness flees. But it is important to take a moment and look at the darkness. Look at what was going on on that day and there was much from a theological standpoint that was happening, right? Oh, I, I, absolutely. There's a lot happening theologically. There was a lot happening prophetically as Jesus almost went down the checklist of so many prophecies that mm-hmm. were given about that moment. There was a lot going on spiritually as that battle intensified. But of course, in the midst of the theological and prophetic and spiritual anguish, there was a very physical pain that Jesus was sitting in, a very emotional pain that Jesus was sitting in. That's good to separate those two things, because those were both true. Yeah. I I, I mean, the Romans hated the cross. They they left it to the worst of the worst, normally for insurrectionists. Mm Right. I I mean, the pain of the cross was unbearable. Most people who were sentenced towards the cross didn't actually make it to the cross because they died on the way to the cross. Wow. And so I think we have to probably say a big thank you to Simon of Cyrene, who kind of stepped in and, and helped Jesus carry his cross so that he could fulfill his his purpose. There was a physical pain. There was an emotional pain as well Mm -hmm. as Jesus was hanging on the cross. He had his mom. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the foot of the cross. He, he had the disciple that he loved the most, John, mm-hmm. there. Uh, his aunt was there. Mary Magdalene was there. He loved these people. And I was reading the other day about that time when Jesus looks at John and he says, John, take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. And mom, take care of John. Mm-hmm. And, and even in the physical pain and the spiritual pain, he was taking care of emotional business and, and, and helping support one another through that. As I look at that Friday and as I study through the scriptures, Jesus was tying up every loose end to do what he had to do for us faithfully, yeah. theologically, prophetically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, it was all there at an intensity level that we cannot comprehend. And it's all because of the fact, not that he was so organized, which he was organized, which he was faithful, because no one could have been more faithful at doing exactly what you're saying, 
crossing every T, dotting every I, and yet he's the only one. He's the only one ever in all of creation that could have done that. Absolutely. Absolutely. A a perfect savior, the the perfect human. this, This time is so full of powerful ironies, not funny ironies, but one who is Mm -hmm. so perfect gave his life for all who are far from perfect. Mm -hmm. Me and you at at incredible cost. Yes. Because he loves us. You know, you think about some of those things that just don't make sense. He uh, he went to the cross uh, and suffered shame in our place when he didn't deserve it. There's, there's one. Uh, he, he was denied the justice, but gives us grace. Uh, and you know, that's just amazing. What a, what a transfer that is. It just doesn't make sense. He was wounded. He was pure so that we could be healed. Yeah. What, what, what an incredible love for us. I was studying just this morning on the flip side of Good Friday for Easter Sunday. And uh, when Jesus uh, resurrects and he meets Mary, uh, who was the last lady to hear him speak on the cross and then the first lady to speak, to hear him speak as the resurrected Christ, he said to her, go tell my brothers that I've risen. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, brothers, (laughs) two days ago, those very same guys had denied you, that hid from you. Scattered. Yeah, that scattered, that rejected you. How can you call these guys brothers after what they've done? But such is the immensity of God's love and the grace that was extended through Jesus to us. That he calls us brothers despite our brokenness. Mm -hmm. What a plan that was unfolded on Good Friday. A plan like, truly, like no other. Uh, One that was conceived... I heard one person one time say this, and I've never forgotten it. He did for us what no man would ever ask another man to do. Mm. I mean, think about that. Mm. How many times uh, do we ask people for favors, but no one would ever ask that kind of favor of anybody? I mean, that's it's ridiculous. It's not even plausible, yeah. not thinkable. Yeah. But that's what the Lord did for us. Yeah, and at the end of the crucifixion, story the scripture said that jesus gave up his breath wasn't that it was robbed from Mm -hmm. him he he gave it he gave it yeah that's right he surrendered himself there were numerous times in the story where he could have bailed yeah but he didn't he could have called ten thousands of angels but he didn't my guest today is andy searles talking about good friday we'll have a few more thoughts on that before we move to easter which is a big day and we're there my friends this is easter weekend we'll be back in a moment right here on afternoons with mike Good Friday 2022. Hope that this day is indeed for you a very special time, a a great day to reflect, to take some time today, uh, not not at saying that we all have to go around with our head bent down all day long, but it is important that we remember that the darkness of this day, the, the pain of this day for the Lord 
is worth our remembering because he did that for us. Mm -hmm. Those that know him, those who are called by his name, oh, oh, this day and what we recognize on this day uh, to be a day celebrated like no other day in all of the year. And oftentimes we hear this weekend uh, be referred to as Holy Weekend or Holy Week even, the week leading up to Easter. And and it's really true. There's not a, a more holy time that we could ever celebrate than this weekend. I, I don't I don't think so. And, and I think it's important that we uh, walk through with great intention the highs and lows and the the roller coaster that this was for Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're on the the journey to become more like Him, and not to move slowly through this week causes us to to miss out. I've been reading through the Book of John, and so much of John is focused on this week, and it's almost like uh, he presses that little slow mo button. Because he oh, wants to well embrace said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. every moment of it. Mm-hmm. And I think as he invites us to do so as well. You know, that uh, time in the garden with the disciples mm. is a critical time. And it talks in there about how that when Jesus prayed, he prayed such to the point that he, he sweat, drops of sweat fell mm. as if it were blood. That's an interesting word in the uh, scripture, isn't it? It's it shows the intensity of the moment, right? And yeah. that intensity was built on what was ahead, but that intensity was built on what had come too. Everything in his life had led to this moment. Yeah. In fact, everything in history and everything in the future had led to that moment. That that moment was the hinge of history, it right? Was. It, it was the difference between darkness and light and no hope and hope and ultimately death and life. And for us as believers, it's the difference in hell and heaven. Absolutely. What a weight was on his shoulder. In fact, before that moment, we read his high priestly prayer and you can feel the intensity of that as well as he's saying, God, I I want my, my life to glorify you. Right. Mm-hmm. May, may my act, my obedience be, be pleasing to you. Even in that intense moment, he wants to honor God. Even in that intense moment, he's, he's praying for us. You know, Lord, I pray that my people will be one. I don't want to take them out of the world. I want to leave them in the world, but I want you to protect them in the world because I got a purpose for them in the world. I, I, love, I love that prayer 2,000 years ago. Jesus is praying for his disciples, and then he Mm. says, I'm praying for those who come to know me because of the witness of my disciples. You know who that is, Mike? That's you and me. That's you and me and everybody who's listening. Mm -hmm. Jesus was praying for us then, which my small mind conceives that he's got a special plan and purpose for us now. Mm Mm-hmm. And even as he prayed that prayer, Andy, and this is, this is a mind-boggling reality, it's not as if he did not know what was coming. And here's an important point. He knew what was coming, and it's not as if, because he was the Son of God, that he was going to be exempt from the pain mm. of that event, like what a human would go through. Because what made him so unique, it's not like he is 75% God and 25% man. Sure. 
He was 100 man, 100% God. He was both. Now, that's, a, that's something that I can't get my brain around. I don't have the capacity to understand or comprehend all of the hows or, or, or why that works out the way it did and, and was, but that is the truth. He knew what was coming, and, and because he was God, that did not make it any less uh, painful mm. or any less severe mm. because of the fact that he was God. In fact, in that moment, for the first time, uh, maybe uh, ever, you know, if, for the first time, let's just say it that way, he is going to experience mm. the separation mm. of God, the Father who looks the other way. Mm. And Jesus is left to, like you said, give up his spirit. He gave up his breath mm. on the cross because of his great love. Mm. That kind of separation is unknown. I, th- I think there's a danger, Mike, if we just focus on the resurrection and not the death, that we forget about Jesus's humanity that he was like us. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps we think at some subconscious level, well, he was God, so maybe the cross was easier for him than it was for exactly. us. Not true. Right. He, he was human in every way like we are. He was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And I think the fact that he was human and experienced such pain and such presence with the Father gives us great hope to embrace our humanity Mm -hmm. and our pain and our difficulty. Because as God was with him as a human, God is with us as a human, and therefore there is great hope for humanity. We must look at the cross Mm -hmm. with the same level of focus and intensity and passion that we look with the resurrection. That is so well said, Andy. You know, the phrase that we've heard so many Easter's, uh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? You know, when Jesus gave himself on that Friday, on that good Friday, and he is, he dies, he, he gives up his breath. He goes and in Jesus, the son of God, these men who were looking to him, expecting him to set up shop, and they were going to be at his right hand and at his left hand, and all of that, it would appear, and I got to believe, it certainly appeared that way to the enemy, that he they, they had won. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I they think won. The, I, I think the enemy probably had his victory celebration all planned. Yeah. He, he'd ordered the, yeah. the, the wine and champagne. The balloons were blown up. He, he thought he'd got it. Yeah. But just at the end, and often God lets us, uh, lets us walk through pain and doesn't win until the end, right? Mm-hmm. He came through and won. Let me share this little scripture, Mike, if I can, from John 14. Again, it's one of the John teen verses where John is in, in slow-mo. And uh, Jesus is promised that the Holy Spirit will come and that he will give his peace. And then he talks about the enemy. He says, I'm not going to be able to talk to you much longer because the ruler of the world is coming. Mm-hmm. Man, the ruler of the world was coming with great pride and big and bold and ready to celebrate his victory. And then there's this little throwaway line that I think we need to hold on to just after that statement. Jesus says, the enemy is coming. 
but he has no power over me. That's right. Six words. The humanity of Jesus in the face of evil and suffering and pain and this presumptive victory of the enemy. Jesus knows the enemy's coming. It knows it's going to be tough. But he says these six words that I think are profound. He has no power over me. Six words. How I wish that we as followers of Christ today would realize that. Mm-hmm. That even though the enemy is attacking us today, even though that our lives are pained and struggled and the battle is, it, that has been won is still raging. Man. That preaches, Andy. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm getting fired up. I, I need to stand or yeah. something in front of this mic. Take an offering. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not forget those words, wow. Mike. He has no power over us if we are in Christ. That's so good. That's so good. And that period, all of that is true. And even though there's this hanging in the balance, like people are wondering what's going to happen, uh, the enemy has put up his victory flag. Mm -hmm. He's stuck it in the ground, and it's like the enemy Mm -hmm. has won, Mm -hmm. and Jesus is defeated, but no, he wasn't. Because he, it was all part of the plan mm. of the Father. And that, too, is really hard for us to get our brain around. Mm. But that plan goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Mm. Uh, when, if you get right down to it, I mean, you talk about one of the longest, most prophetic mm. uh, answers that uh, was ever given. That certainly had to be it right there. Mm. That one day, th- th- this this man was going to, mm. was going to basically... Uh, he's going to crush the enemy under his foot. Mm. And that is exactly what is going to happen mm. on on that resurrection morning. Mm. But during this season, it's somber, it's dark, and it, it's for we as believers right now. It's really important that we take a moment and savor just the love of God. Mm. And I believe we can do that in that context in a different way than we can in any other context all year long. Mm. to savor just how great the love of God was that he was willing to go through all of what you just shared. Mike, one of my favorite Easter hymns is When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Mm. And one of the lines, the lyrics in that hymn said, sorrow and love flowed mingled down. And we need to mourn that sorrow as we receive that love, the love that the Father loves us with is not a cheap love. Right. It, it, it is not this feeling-based, if it makes you feel good love that is celebrated in our world today. Yeah. It is the painful kind of love, the sacrificial kind of love that cost Jesus everything. And unless we embrace the death, the crucifixion of Christ, there's a sense in which we're cheapening right. this incredible love that we've been gifted yeah. and graced by God. You know, there's a phrase that some songwriters have employed, and it's scandalous. Mm. And I, I think it's really a good word. When you think about mm. our trying to reason through why that love came to us, mm. and you realize that it, it, it's scandalous that you and I could be given such freedom Mm. and bought at such a price it seems scandalous doesn't it it's it's 
<laughs> if you you were a math teacher, you'd say that's bad math. <laughs> if you were a businessman, you'd say that's bad business. Mm-hmm. But we work in a different way. God loves us differently. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. But that's kind of the point of grace. We can't earn it. We can't balance the books on that. We can't do the math on that that it's ever favorable for us. Mm -hmm. It is by God's grace and God's grace alone that we have a chance. Uh, I love all of those phrases, especially from the Latin. The seven solas Mm. really are helpful Mm. for us to get this down. It, It was by really grace alone mm. and by faith alone. Mm. I mean, it's, you think about what God gave us and we can be the partakers of a love mm. and a grace that is almost beyond uh, comprehension, certainly mm. behind our articulation. We just can't say it enough. Yeah. And we have to understand the depth of our brokenness and our sin and our depravity Mm -hmm. before we understand the depth and the heights of grace. That's right. You know, it's on this day too, that uh, as we are, are going to be coming to the end of our next segment here in just a bit, it's on this day too, that we heard the words from Pilate Mm -hmm. that he asked Jesus at that mock trial and this ridiculous uh, showing of, of good versus wrong, and they're trying to uh, give Barabbas out, and and they do, and just the ridiculousness of that whole exchange is another whole story. But Pilate stands up and he says this now well-quoted phrase, what is truth? Mm. And yet standing before him Hmm. was the complete uh, humanization slash epitome Mm. Uh, in in uh, of God in man, Emmanuel, who is nothing but truth, standing right before him, and he doesn't even recognize it. Mm. I I would like to criticize Pilate, <laughs> but I can't because I'm the same, <laughs> right? right. Um, you know, you're right. It was a political mess back then, and we're living it today. Yep. Uh, there was a farce of a trial. And we experience them today. There was a subjective question about something objective, and we do the same today. What is truth, we ask? But still, today, the risen Jesus is standing right in front of us. He's given us his word, his truth. He's given us his Holy Spirit to understand that truth. Yet here we are, running in every direction other than the one that is right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And isn't it interesting, another aspect about Pilate, that his wife tried to appeal to him <laughs> and tried to help him. And you think about it. I mean, he could have at that point listened. Yeah. Like a lot of us husbands should listen. <laughs> like I our... said, there's another way I can relate to Pilate. <laughs> That's right. We should have listened because she was sensing what is the truth. And it's not just a matter of, the, yeah, that is the truth. He is the truth. He was the 
embodiment of the truth. You know what's interesting about that? God got his own back a little bit on Pilate later on as Jesus was going to the cross. You remember they put that sign yeah. on the cross and that sign was there for two reasons. One, to identify to people who it was in a don't do this kind of way, but also to see if anyone uh, would want to advocate for that person's innocence. And of course, no one did. But he said, this is Jesus. King of the Jews. King of the Jews. Yeah. And the high priest kind of said, hang on a second. He said he was the king. Hang on a second. Please don't let history record this. And Pilate said, I said what I said. And what was happening there, I think, was God was using Pilate's pride against him for his own purposes. And this is another thing that that grace we were talking about, Mike, does too. It uses our pride against us. Mm -hmm. And as I look at some of the things that I'm... um, uh, inappropriately prideful of, man, those come crashing down before grace. Oh, that's great. Andy Searles, my guest, and we're talking about Good Friday. In a moment, we'll be back, and we're going to transition to the glorious celebration mm. of Easter Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, as we all anticipate that happening again and again and again as we celebrate the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on the Shepherd Radio Network. Such a joyful conversation ahead of us. (laughs) Not so much about what we've talked about so far, though, in the sense of joyfulness, as we have reflected with Andy Searles, on all of the things that we should be thinking about this day, Good Friday. And I do, I really encourage each and every one of us to take a moment on this day and and maybe just slow down. Uh, Take a moment and begin to reflect on these things that we've talked about, about the great love that propelled Jesus, who was 100% man, but 100% God, and able, yes, he was God. He was able, with his sacrifice, to alleviate and meet the wrath that should have been ours. Mm -hmm. He propitiated, that's what that big word means, Mm -hmm. he satisfied the wrath of God over our sin Mm -hmm. for those that believe in Jesus who belong to him. We need to take a moment and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for being willing to go to the cross. Thank you for being willing to suffer, not only the physical pain, but as Andy said earlier, the emotional pain and all of the mocking and humiliation that went along with it. Mm. That's what we need to do. We do. We sit in there and we realize that it was our sin and our shame that contributed to all the sin and shame that he took of Mm -hmm. the world. But as we sit there, Mike, we sit in that difficult place. But at some point, we have to hear those words of Jesus that changed eternity. It is finished. Mm -hmm. It is finished. The power that sin has over us, it is finished. The pain that Jesus endured, it is finished. The sin that we caused, it is finished. Let's close that chapter and move to a new chapter of new life in a new light with a risen Savior. You know, that's well said because of the fact that not only 
did that list that you just gave end with those words, but so did our hopelessness as mm. our own mm. lives are, are being now applied to them, the, the living and the glorious resurrection of Jesus in us, he called us mm. also, not just those that heard his voice that day, but he called us out of darkness, as Peter said, mm. into his marvelous light. We have now a hope that we would never have had before. Mm. He said, it is finished, but then things kept going mm-hmm. <laughs> like a resurrection. So it wasn't finished in full it was finished in part yes the tough stuff the death the sin the cost the weight this desire to earn favor with god that was finished but a new life was starting Mm -hmm. a new life was beginning a a life that was both uh, long because it was eternal and deep because it's eternal and a life full of joy and renewal and restart and redemption. Mm -hmm. It finished because something better took its place. You know, you use that word and I think that could be applied in a different context to how, let's say Peter, if we can just look to him Mm. for a moment, how he must have felt Mm. at that moment when the Mm. crucifixion is now complete. Jesus is, is not alive any longer and they've taken his body and they're putting it into a tomb. And, and, you know, just like everybody does at the end of every day, we go home or, or to our abode and we lay down. And what kind of thought was going on in Peter's mind? He must have thought, it is finished for me. Well, pro- probably because his last interaction with Jesus was one of brokenness and mm-hmm. disobedience. It was that denial, that three-timed denial yeah. before the rooster crowed. And, I mean, imagine living with that guilt and regret, thinking that it was finished, it was over. You know, on Easter morning, we read that after Mary went to the tomb and she saw it was empty, she went to get Peter and John. And it said that John got there quicker. He outran him. Outran him, probably because he was younger, probably, <laughs> Mike, because he didn't have bad knees. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man, but, but I'd John be the last got, one, too. John got there first, but John just kind of stood outside and, and peered in. As soon as Peter got there, he jumped right into this dangerous empty tomb. Who knows who could have been mm-hmm, in there? Right. But he didn't care. Because he just knew he wanted to get right with God. I mean, I imagine he busted a lung trying to get there. And he wasn't afraid. He wanted in. He wanted to see what was what was going on. And then imagine what it was like when Mary came back to him and said, I've seen him. He's alive. He's risen. And he called you brother. Can you imagine the weight oh that goodness. would have fallen yeah. off Simon's shoulders hope mingled with all of the pain Mm. in that moment that's a perfect example of those two things coming together you you feel this downness you feel the disappointment in yourself Mm. uh, how you let down the lord yeah we know how that works we play those same tapes in our head today that that weight of brokenness and guilt and shame affects so much of how we live but to have that removed in an instant by the grace of god what a wonderful thing it was for him what a joy for us too and then for the events 
of the next couple of days to begin to unfold where he actually got to see the Lord. Mm. Uh, I I think one of my favorite stories post resurrection is the story where Peter is out there again. He's, he's returned to his old ways of fishing, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this, this event is about to unfold where once again, Jesus is going to invite them to cast out their nets Mm -hmm. And Peter, you talk about not waiting. He he didn't even wait for the boat to uh, get back yeah, to shore. Right. He jumped out and swam or or walked right. or whatever. I imagine it was John, in. as the captain of the ship, was saying, "Oh yeah, okay, let's just yeah. tie up the, the the things. We'll pull it in." He said, "Forget that. Yeah, I'm right. just going to dive in and go there because it's Jesus, and I realize what Jesus has done for me, and I need to apologize, and I need to to hug him and love him and receive that, and." He did. And Jesus met him with such grace and that grace where Jesus said, let's have some breakfast, but feed my sheep. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That turned his life around so that he lived the rest of his life in even greater power than he did with Jesus. And that same opportunity, that same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. Mike, why would you and I live powerless lives? Why would we want to live less lives than God has intended for us when God has freed us for so much and empowered us for so much? Simon Peter is a great example for us today. He really is. And in a real way, we can live our lives just trying to catch on the way he was trying to catch on. And that's what we have to do because we're human. I, I love that phrase. I've used it so many times. My heart, Andy, is like a leaky bucket. Mm. I can get full. And I think there were times that Peter, mm. I mean, you think about it. He was the one that recognized that, that he's the Christ. Mm. So, you know, that that moment had to be completely edifying for Peter. Mm. But he heard other moments that would, would have been not so edifying. And now he's going to go through a new phase of his life, still not perfectly, mm. because later on he and Paul were going to get into a, a bit of a, of, of a disagreement, and there was more leakiness mm. in the bucket of his heart that he was going to be revealed. But Peter is a great example of how we can be shown the new way mm. and live the new life. Mm. Because in the leaky bucket of our heart, there is a grace that continues to fill us up. Yeah, over and over and over again. And that's the beautiful thing about the mercies of the Lord. I love the psalmist that says his mercies are new every morning. Mm. And mercies are new every morning because of that first Easter morning. Mm -hmm. That's right. We have such hope and such joy in the Lord. And that's where at the beginning of this segment, I talked about the joy of Easter Sunday morning. It's made more joyful because of everything that we've gone through on this very day where we are today on Good Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do believe that a person really enjoys the light of dawn uh, because they've gone through the comparison of the darkest of the nights. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like that dark night's going to last forever. It it does. And I think, Mike, we need to offer a little encouragement to some of the listeners who may be going through their own dark night. It will feel like it's gone on for a long time. It will feel it's very painful. But we want to remind you that there is hope. Mm-hmm. 
there is hope. If all the disciples could be with us today, they would look at us and say, because of what Jesus has done, it's going to be okay. It, It may not be okay in the way that we want it to be okay. It may not even be okay this side of eternity. Right. But one day as we put our faith and our trust in the grace of Jesus Christ, we have a certainty that the darkness and loss and pain of this dark night will not last forever. It will not have the final word. The final word belongs to God, and the final word is good. It is good. I love this verse from Psalm 35. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor Mm. is for a lifetime. Mm. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's the joy. And joy, again, comes on Easter morning, right? right? That day was so pivotal. The mercies that are new every morning are new every morning because of that morning. The joy that comes in the morning is joyful because of that morning. Oh, it's great. Easter, that morning is transformational for me, for you, for us, for humanity, for eternity. Uh, This same man that we were talking about, Peter, the same guy that had failed rather graphically and really for all mankind to know about because it's recorded. I don't know how much I would like all of my great failings (laughs) to be recorded for all of history, but Peter's uh, failings were just that. But yet here he is standing uh, in the book of Acts now, uh, after the, the the spirit of God had fallen through Pentecost, and he's preaching that most marvelous message, and he says, and he quotes Joel, and he says, "This promise is for you and you and their your children and their children, mm. even to those afar off." And again, that far off. That brings it right to us today. Mm. That promise is for us today of joy in the Holy Spirit Mm. because he is bringing us and doing what, going all the way back to what uh, happened in that book of John when when he was talking to those disciples, promising them that the day was going to come where it wasn't just going to be Jesus walking with them, but that the Spirit of God was going to be walking in them. Mm. And that's what he's doing. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. Ah. Peter modeled it. We read about it. But the good news of the gospel is that, Mike, we can experience it too. Yes. Tell us about where you're meeting on Sunday, this coming Easter Sunday morning. Yeah, we got two services. One, uh, Lakeside at 7.30 as the sun rises. And secondly, at 10 o'clock, our celebration service. We meet at Secret Lake Park in Castleberry. Our name is Church Together. You can find us at www.ourchurchtogether.com. We'd love to see you and we'd love to celebrate with you. But wherever you go to church this Sunday, and I pray you'll go somewhere, Embrace the difficulty of today so that the joy of tomorrow can make you fully alive in and because of all that Christ has done for you. It's beautifully said. My good friend, Andy Searles, it's always a treat to have you here, my friend. Thank you for coming back and spending Good Friday with us. 
God bless you, Mike. I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for what God is doing through us in others. And friends, thank you as well for joining us. Uh, Have a great Easter weekend. God bless you. We'll see you Monday right here on Afternoons with Mike.